Okay, we are excited to be back again. We're entering into episode nine. Just in case you happen to come across this episode and you haven't listened to some of the previous ones, it'd probably be a good idea to take mm. time and go back and look at film to get a little bit of a foundation of what we're talking about. We're talking in a slightly different language, not yeah. not crazy different, but it is some terminology that a lot of people are, are maybe questioning, what are they talking about? And <clears throat> that was a, you, I'm, I'm here with Randy Schenkel. He is a... He's a man of God, been around for a long time. I well, mean, you're like, oh my yeah, gosh, like been, Gandalf yeah. was your friend, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have been doing this for 52 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm 72, so I've been, I got born again at 20, so. And so uh, my experience is I have been around uh, the body of Christ and a lot of ministers all my life. Because of the profession I'm in, I got to be acquainted with a lot of people that are on television. Mm-hmm. And I worked with some of their ministries and so, but it was always different. I remember one time being in a in a studio and we were setting up a, a television program, brand new program with a new uh, a new minister that was coming on board with the TBN thing. And <clears throat> he started. Uh, we we set up the whole set, started the first program. I'm walking through the control room occasionally, and listening in to see what's going on. And I'm hearing terminology. I'm thinking, wait a minute, I've heard this terminology before, but. Slightly different, mm-hmm. but I know where this is from. Mm. And so <clears throat> after about two or three of the sessions, I met the guy in a hallway. We crossed, and I said, hey, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. I said, where, where, where'd, you, where'd you learn this stuff? And he started to tell me, you know, like, you know, it was like um, from studying and stuff like that. So, and, and I confronted him. I said, oh, you really? know, I've heard this terminology, but I only heard it from one place. And I've been around. I've only heard it from one place. And this, uh, that, that's Randy Schenkel. And he said, well, I know him. I do know him. I said, I, I figured you did. And so it was kind of an awkward situation from then on because I think what happened was he couldn't take ownership of all the things that he was teaching at that point. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew that I was listening. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I, oh, know yeah. where, <clears throat> I know where that came from. Yeah. And that's a strange thing. Uh, can you address that where where it became an awkward sensation because he no longer could own it and speak as if this was like coming right from him right off the t- cuz it was it was it was expressed like it's hot off the hot off the press mm-hmm. and and also what was lacking was that it wasn't it wasn't flesh in his life yeah you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. The word became flesh and dwelt yes. among us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the primaries is meditation is the key to uh, what it does. <clears throat> it merges your soul with the word. And in, until you really do that, it, you can't own it. You, it doesn't become what Christ has revealed to you. You're just searching the Internet and getting great revelation and teaching it. But everybody knows it's not yours. Right. They know it's not been wrought in you. Right. So there's three primary factors to the Word of God. Paul's come up with the, uh, I would use the word the boundary, the metron, to understanding what we're talking about, the measure of rule, how you rule this area. He said, I have delivered unto you that which I have received. And he said, I didn't get this from man. Mm. And that's when you own it. Mm -hmm. So you can't deliver what you've not received. 
You can deliver what you have heard and what you have learned, Mm -hmm. but you cannot really deliver it until you have received it. Now, the problem we have with the world today is a lot of men, uh, in fact, uh, Old Testament talks about walking in another man's fire. Mm -hmm. He he reproved him for that. Wow. You can't take another man's flame and another man's fire, Mm -hmm. and you can't walk in that. It's a reproof. It's an abomination to the Lord. Now, he says that is that it hasn't been wrought in that individual. And what it's doing is coming out of his soul, not out of his spirit. And uh, flesh profits, it won't, it won't reproduce. It it's profits like a, nothing. It's a copycat. <clears throat> it's, it's a copycat. It's, even the world has copyright infringement laws. Yes, yes. And that's interesting that you know it even goes back to God. He has somewhat of a copyright of, a, of a, what he's wrought in a uh-huh. human being, in an individual. Somebody else can't go and pretend that they're the same thing. But, but it's so easy. It's so easy now to go on Google or YouTube and find a preacher, teacher, minister, and, and walk in his flame, walk in his fire. The, the most absurd I have ever saw in my entire life was years and years ago. You were there during that time in the 80s when we did our first five years of SOP, mm-hmm. Discipleship Training of School of the Prophets. And there was a brother that went all five years, and I handed out all of my notes every all the time. <clears throat> After five years, he, he had all those notes together, and then his lawyer contacted me and said, you're no longer permitted to teach this because he copyrighted it. <laughs> he took all of my notes and copyrighted them in his name, and, then, and I laughed at the lawyer. I said, really? Well, let's just see what Jesus thinks about it. So I just ignored I never heard from him again, and uh, I don't know what happened, but he wasn't going to follow up on it. <clears throat> I knew that he wasn't. But he was trying to impress with his knowledge. Mm. And here is the problem with knowledge. You Again, it goes back to the twins, firstborn, secondborn. There is learned knowledge that's not relevant. And then there's revelation knowledge. And every time revelation knowledge comes, it's always relevant. So you're going to have a whole bunch of knowledge, but it's not relevant. Mm-hmm. It's not, in fact, they say this is true of, of college. Uh, 80% of what you learn in college, you will not use. Right. But they don't mind uh, charging you 100 percent money, <laughs> but you won't use it because it's not relative to life. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at stuff now that in the, and the way God leads us, he, he leads us in a relative revelation. Paul said, I've received this by revelation. Most of what I have received has been by revelation because of the gift of God. But it doesn't come to give me knowledge, or it, it, it's a direction from a father. Was it a, like an equipping <clears throat> for what you were supposed to walk into? Sure, you're supposed to. This is what I've called you to do, mm-hmm. and I've equipped you, and then I'm going to teach you this, and it's relative to your domain and your realm. And that's why I don't teach outside my domain. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I see this a lot of TBN where, uh, and, and on uh, television. <clears throat> if we get into the word in Corinthians on measure of rule, mm-hmm. metron, mm-hmm. what happens with uh, programs, uh, television, televangelists, uh, TBNs, uh, 700 Club, they, they cause the individual uh, to be able to reach uh, millions, but right. they can't rule. But they can teach. And God's word tells you your, your, your domain is based upon mm-hmm. a rule. Mm-hmm. And he talked about it. it has a measure of rule that I have distributed to you. So there's a distribution to my rule, and it's a, it's a certain domain. And if I go outside that domain because of revelation or because of knowledge, then I'm, I'm going to be uh, ineffective, totally. You can't rule. 
Now, let me give you an example. Many, many years ago, when I was real young in Christ, I used to go to the Catherine Coleman meetings for probably about three years. She went there, I think, once a month for three years. Well, excuse me, I don't know how many, how long she went. I went there for about three years. That convention center. The convention that. center in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And she had this, uh, I don't want to call it a fear. I would say uh, a concern, a tremendous concern. She would not uh, rent a certain size of building. Because if she couldn't feel it, she wasn't secure. Mm. That's her own words. Really? And so what happened, She did, if she understood major rule and metrons, oh. then she'd understand what she's really applying it to right, righteousness. In other words, Christ is keeping her in a certain domain, a certain region, realm, and keeping her where she can rule that domain. So what would happen, she had corporate miracles, corporate healing, but it would reach that domain. And if it went outside of that, uh, it was ineffective as it was within that domain. Mm-hmm. So what we, I found out myself at TBN, they put me out there reaching millions, and I began to be overwhelmed. And most men are or women. They don't think they are, but they are because they feel something void or absent. And that means they're not able to rule that domain, that realm. So that's called the major rule, metrons, understand your metron. Ironically, the other word for it, which is a false form of major rule, is amatros. Same scriptures in Second Corinthians there. And amatros is an excessive or extreme uh, measure of rule that you don't have. You're outside your measure of rule. You're extreme and excessive. Well, television, evangelism, TBN, 700 Club, which I don't condemn them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they're, they're tools that can throw you outside. And next thing you know, you're in an excessive extreme area where you don't have that rule. And Christ does not want us preaching, teaching, ministering without ruling that domain. That, and so you can see where yeah. televangelists can do all the teaching. <clears throat> then there's the possibility of being trapped in receiving all that, you know, popularity and people start really uh, responding to you positively and it can turn you into looking at yourself like, okay, so I'm a rock star now. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem with the television now. And, or I should use the word media outreach or, Mm -hmm. or, uh, internet, man, it can make you massive. Mm-hmm. And it can either kill you or make you great. Mm-hmm. And, but, see, years ago, I started watching this when I got this major rule, This and I used mm-hmm. the word metron. That's the Greek word for the major rule. And what I started seeing, and there's a gentleman, I don't want to use his name, but he's, he's known, too. He's massive. <clears throat> and he's a teacher. And, excuse me, he's an evangelist. And there comes times he'll try to teach. Mm-hmm. And when he tries to teach, you can see he's an amatros. He's outside oh. his major rule. He's extreme excess. He's not a teacher. Okay. He's an evangelist. And not only that, he tries to grab the the uh, end time teachings, mm-hmm. eschatology. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there listening to him talking about eschatology, and I was embarrassed for him. Mm. I'm thinking, sir, get back to evangelism. Mm-hmm. You don't have this gift. Mm-hmm. This is not your. And therefore, if you don't have it, you don't. You can't rule it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about the kingdom of God. The church is about preaching, but the kingdom of God, it said, doesn't come in words, but in demonstration of spirit and power. Mm-hmm. So it's not coming in preaching and teaching and prophesying. It comes in power, power to rule. It's a, it's a king's domain. And everything that Christ does has to do with a domain or a dimension. And every one of us has to deal with understanding those four dimensions. And each one of those four dimensions reveals to us our domain within those four measures. 
So practically, how do you, how did you um, learn how, what, what your domain was, your measure of rule was, how did you come to that understanding and what did you do to maintain? Was it a struggle to stay in that area or did you have to have the discipline and remind yourself that's not where I belong? Yeah, that's the, so. How did you find out? Well, the last statement is 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 apropos. This is going to sound. I hope not egotistical, because I, uh, I I'm like Christ. Uh, I can of myself do nothing. I have my gift is greater than my outreach. I have a tremendous uh, revelation gift. I really mm-hmm. do. The teaching gift is, it has entertained me for my 52 years that I've known Him. I was talking to my wife about that uh, today. In fact. <clears throat> And she said, I watch you, when you start ministering, uh, you will even, she said, even Sunday, you were starting to uh, uh, ministering on uh, framing the world by the Word of God. But I was teaching from uh, what they've done and said wrong about it. In other words, the teaching that came out in in, uh, the Scripture that uh, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, and that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And it was taught in the 70s that it, the world was framed by, through faith, mm. and that's not what it said. And years and years that was taught, and years I, I see, yeah, and years I believed it. And then what? It, but you go back to Scripture it says we understand through faith mm-hmm. that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. <laughs> so that's a world of difference in how you interpret yeah. that verse. Well, I was sharing that because really what we're doing in this May meeting, this coming May meeting, this is the first year that uh, first time that my wife's going to join me. We're going to do a mystery of marriage, and we're going to talk about framing your marriage by the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So that's what we'll be doing. Well, that way, if you if you deal with this gift that you have, and she was saying that you're sitting there talking this, and all of a sudden you just rattle off six scriptures. Mm-hmm. And she said, and you even said, excuse me, and you started hitting those, and then you came back to your topic. And she said, Randy, you do that all the time. It just the word of God is so rich. And well, it goes to the same thing. There's a lot of prophets, a lot of teachers, their their gift is greater than their measure of rule. It, it has not been distributed to them the rule, but they have a revelation to teach anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. You could get me anytime you want to, anywhere and ask a certain topic or subject uh, from the, within my measure of rule, mm-hmm. and I don't have to pray fast and study about it. It just downloads, right. and we talk about it. That's the way it's supposed to be, it's, if it's you brought become, in. It's wrought in you. You become. Mm-hmm. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the problem with people today, the Word hasn't become flesh to them. It hasn't become uh, a part of their life. It's mm-hmm. something that they're studying for a six-tape series, right. but they haven't become. I can, I can speak to that because... Um, you know, I, I I I sat under the the, the school of prophets for five years and and never missed. I I, re, I really ter- thoroughly enjoyed it. But one thing uh, I didn't stop when, when I was uh, when I ended my discipleship training. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop being a pupil, a student. Right. I continued to do that all my life. All my life. And so <clears throat> I continued to study uh, and st- search scripture. And every time a new piece of software would come out, I would get it. And I would just dive in and use all the tools, yep. the best books, the best tools, the best uh, lexicons, the best concordance, everything like that. And this is a subject my wife and I had a recent conversation about was that um, I have so many translations of Scripture. And 
a lot of the translations are done so that it, you can get a, 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 a better understanding of what the Scripture is saying. They're not always perfect, and they're not always—some of them are biased to a— a yeah, yeah. belief system. <clears throat> sure, absolutely. A theology. So they're biased in that term. And so we were talking about, you know, what's amazing is that um, you're able to grasp the deep the depths of the scripture and you're 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 using King James. And it, I mean that yeah. it takes for me, I when I study it, I've studied it, I was I I was weaned. I, I drank from King James my whole life, mm-hmm. and so. But what I noticed was that when I'm reading it, I am filled. I'm I'm running programming software in my mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that oh, I know that 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 Greek word is this word, so that means this, and uh, because of that word is this, it connects to this other scripture over here. You're just constantly com- figuring it like that. The 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 first time I picked up a different translation, I started reading. Uh, I read for about you know five minutes, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's just plain English. I'm not even thinking. Yeah, I'm just yeah. reading. Oh my gosh! And so I bring that up because I was like, how in the world did Randy get all that stuff from a, a language that's not contemporary? Right. And I'm like, dang, you know, you you really have to be just going after it. And I remember the days where you had to have a whole table. To study, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to have a Strong's, a Vines, a, a Lexicon. I mean, you're just spreading it all the way around. It was not as easy as having a phone and and running apps and looking at. Them. And I think there's a, a less of an appreciation of digging and digging and yeah. striving to figure out what this scripture is, finding that Greek word and tracing it out, looking at it from every every which way, and and then letting the revelation of God hit. So I really was uh, impressed. Well, you know, I have to tell you, you're right. I've never used anything except King James and Strong's. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all I've really went after all my life. And by the way, I don't know a thing about Greek and Hebrew. I'm not a scholar. <laughs> and I think I already told you right. about being ridiculed about it. Right, and, yeah. You know, and I said, hey, I'm up from Arkansas. I, I destroy the English language. But here's the deal. Even Strong's is has a biased comment, yep. commentary to it. Mm-hmm. You go to the book of Revelation when it talks about the angels of God. Well, Strong's would tell you these were pastors. See, and I'm thinking, oh, we're right back to right, religion. Right. Here we go again. So I'm real careful. Even and, and by the way, that's one of about, at this point, about 150, 180 uh, errors I've seen in the years I've studied mm-hmm. Strong's. Mm-hmm. So, But I separate the pressure from the vial. Right. I don't pay any mind to that. I'm thinking there's something there for me right. to learn. And I'm telling you the secret. The secret is not in pronunciation. The secret is in definition. Mm-hmm. The eschatology of the word. What does that word mean? Etymology. Uh, huh? Etymology? No, eschatology. Okay, okay. Etymology. Etymology. Et- thank word. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, etymology. Thank you. Yeah, etymology, the origin of that word and its meaning. Now, let me give you a prime example uh, that captivated my thinking. And I was uh, two years old in the Lord. I was 22. I was in a church in North Long Beach, California. They had this teacher come in. He goes on the board, and he said, let me give you an example of why we need to understand some things about Greek. Because he said the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament was written in Greek. These are the original texts. So it would be nice if you could understand a little bit about that 
And he said, I'm going to show you why. Now, what he did was he wet my whistle. Wow. Man, did he shock me. I don't know about anyone else in there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that 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 the, that the languages were different. So uh, for uh, for uh, someone who's doing a real deep dive in Scripture, they have to realize that, you know, even in Strong's, it illustrates that the Old Testament, you're going to have a, a, a defining section that's all Hebrew words, and then right. New Testament's all Greek words. But they parallel. They will parallel in, in uh, definition. Right. So he goes on the board and he says, give you an example. In America, let's talk about the word gift. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, it's a birthday, so we're going to bring you a gift. <laughs> You've graduated, and we're going to give you a gift. And he lists about a dozen, and he said, all the, all the Amer- uh, English language has is the word gift. Now, in the Greek, as you read the King James Bible, and you, and you follow it out with the Greek, there are nine different Greek words for the word gift, and I never heard that. And he started talking about doma, doses, doron, dorema, charis, charisma, merizo, merismos. All those terms were there, different words for the word gift. So in, <clears throat> in, in the Bible, we would see the word gift, but behind that word was a different, it was a different Greek word, but they were translating it to the simple word of gift. English. English, yeah. English. In 1611, the English. Right. You know? Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, they translate in English, so all they would every time they say gift, 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 gift. Mm-hmm. But you look at uh, the five fivefold gifts we call them out of Ephesians: apostle, prophet, evan- apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Those five primary gifts is is called when he ascended, he gave gifts. That's doma. Mm-hmm. That's an entirely different word gift out of Romans about the charismas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now you have you and uh, well, we're going into Monte Cristo, right. and I just yeah, got downloaded. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to go there. And, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and there's so many teachers who have done that. They've laid it out, and it's it's so unfortunate because I'll, I'll go to the Bible bookstore, and I'll I'll start going down the rows, and I'll look at different people, and out of out of um, curiosity. I'll find a very popular teacher, and they have a, a section on the spiritual gifts. I'll pull it, I'll open it, and you know, about 10, 15 seconds later, I thought, dang it, man. Here we go. Same thing. Yeah. Let me show you a scripture here <laughs> that really did. Uh, uh, it, it was one of those that just, uh, again, but you know, like I said, this guy, he, he did something there that really, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. And I never do the. When I laid hold of that, my life changed. <laughs> I went and got me a Strong's exhaustive, and said, "I don't need to learn the, the language. <clears throat> I just need to know how to pronounce, or not pronounce, but to define that word." Right. But listen to this. And God also. Now this is Hebrews two four. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Charismatics will call that, again, links back to 1 Corinthians 12, the 12 gifts of the Spirit, which are mm-hmm. not there. But the word gifts is marismos. marismos. Mm-hmm. And so he's not talking about gifts of the Holy Ghost. He's talking about divisions and distributions of the Holy Ghost. Right. It's an entirely different meaning. The word yeah. marismos means to break down into divisions and allotments and shares. So now he's talking about the Holy Ghost has divisions and allotments and shares, and he breaks yeah. those down into distributions. In fact, um, <clears throat> one of the best illustrations that I heard uh, where it was described, I think that you described it, one of the very first, first times was like taking a watch, an old, uh, an original watch that yeah, has yeah. all the gears. A real watch. A real watch <laughs> that you have to wind up, right? Yes, yes. And the, the illustration was taking it and disassembling it into hundreds of yeah. pieces. Yes. But not stopping there. Taking each piece 
and then labeling it, identifying that's right. what, it what does. its function is <clears throat> yes. and what it does, that is what merismos is all about. That's what it's all about. It comes from two primary root words, uh, merizo and meras. And those, both of those have a little bit of a shared meaning of bringing down into a number, like you just said, a mm-hmm. number of varieties, a number of shares and allotments, and each one's defined. And then he takes that one little tiny piece of that a watch, as you said, after he breaks, puts down a hundred pieces, and he takes that one and he he breaks it down and defines it. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're talking about the distributions of the Holy Ghost, you see here, you'd read this in King James. You said gifts of the Holy Spirit right. and its distributions, right? And a lot of sharing something, portions. You're getting a portion of something. I'm getting a portion of something. It's not the same portion. Mm-hmm. So we have the same. That's what we're seeing from the Holy Ghost that does this. Now I went back to. <clears throat> Uh, again, this word measure of rule, metron. Mm-hmm. And I went through the 70s with the word of faith. And uh, when I when I started hearing another one of the things, I kind of, it got me, I said, now something's wrong about this. Because I were already going into Greek and Hebrew studying mm-hmm. a little bit. And it says that uh, we have all received the same measure of faith. So it was taught that we all have identically the same measure of faith. Well, the word measure is metron. And uh, we don't all have the same metron. So you can't have the same metron. And uh, so what you're dealing with is we all have a different measure of rule with our faith. Our faith rules different areas. Mm. Some of the areas your faith will rule signs and wonders and miracles, we'll say Catherine Coleman. Her faith could could, uh, rule that domain. Mm -hmm. Another man's faith could not rule that domain. So he's talking about your, we all have the same measure of faith, which means we've all been measured a certain allotment that we can, with our faith, we can rule that domain. But if we don't understand the diversity and di- differences and distinctions, mm-hmm. then we're going to fail understanding what we've been qualified to do. And then we're all going to be cook- cookie cutters, right. stamped out, doing the same identical thing. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think that's one of the things I like a lot about concerning Demoticos, which is a which is another teaching, but it breaks down... The things of the spirit using it's like utilizing that uh, process of marismos, separating and yeah. bringing clarity to all the different functions within the body of Christ and spiritual uh, endowments. Um, you mentioned uh, the doma gifts. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it, it really helps. And that what that I didn't think that's what happened to me. What you said earlier about seeing a person on the chalkboard and bringing that out and is like what? Yeah, me too. Are what? you kidding me? And then it just makes you dive in because then it, it feels you feel like you have the proper tools to begin to start digging. Yeah, it gives you a purpose. And uh, I, you know, my first time getting my appetite uh, excited about the Word of God. And wanting to dive in, it never has never stopped. And me either, see. Yeah. And because I don't believe we'll ever fully understand God <laughs> in eighty years. But I give you an example. That word doma, and when it when it said that uh, in Christ is seen, He gave gifts unto men. Now here's the beauty, beautiful. When you get down to what these word, different word doses, doron, dorema, mm-hmm. all these words mean, is doma means a gift made a gift of. 
And that means when Christ ascended, he gave a gift of a, of a prophet, because he is the prophet, to a man. That man becomes a prophet. Then he takes that prophet and makes him a gift to the body. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. It just sets me off right there. I think, right. that yeah. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But if I'd say, well, you have a gift. Mm. It just dies on the vine. It's right. just an English, no definition. No, there's no depth. There's no meaning to the term. Mm-hmm. So you, you're a gift of God. Yeah, I'm a gift of God. <laughs> and that you follow me? It just right. that it doesn't reach it. But what I just defined shows you. Right. And here's where the prophets miss it. They they believe they have a gift. They don't realize that they are a gift, and they must serve the body of Christ with that gift. But they take that gift and they now I'm a prophet. Now I have a, a gift to be a prophet, and I take that gift, and I exploit it and manipulate it for my fame, my glory, my success. We don't serve. We're not, we're not permitting Christ to make us a gift. Mm. Now, the revelation, and I don't want to teach this mm-hmm. mystery of marriage, but obviously mm-hmm. I've been in it mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the number one revelation of, of a success of marriage deals with Jesus Christ and what he said on three different occasions. He said he gave himself. So they talk about giving love, giving flowers, giving mm-hmm. affection, uh, giving money, giving credit cards, and whatever be, be the case. Mm-hmm. But you, he gave himself before he gave anything else. Mm-hmm. And in my, in my marriage with my wife, if I don't give myself, and then I won't be able to give myself to my kids. And I, will, I don't mind buying them things, doing things for them, but I won't give myself. Mm-hmm. And the kids know that. No, yeah, 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 Dad, you're right. You gave me the nice car and bought me the bicycle, but you and that they know that that man didn't give himself. So, the revelation of all of this is he's going to take everything he's given you, given me, and he's going to require that we give ourselves. And then the scripture says, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to lay down his suke, his selfish, mm-hmm. his selfish mm-hmm. nature. Uh, for others. And so that's the whole revelation to having any gift. I'm required by God. If I am a teacher, I have a, I have a Noma gift. Mm-hmm. And then Randy, you are required to give yourself to God, to that gift and to that people and do it. And I have for 52 years. So that gets into, <clears throat> you know, uh, identifying uh, who you are, um, the gift that you're, the, we, we talked a little bit about, I, you know, we talked about identity Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I know so many young people who've been involved in ministry and they pretty much shipwrecked. They, 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 one, one reason or they just got, got off. They, they're not involved in ministry anymore, you know, ministry. And, um, <clears throat> but it was like they didn't, they, they had an identity crisis. Right. They just fell apart. Um, uh, maybe, maybe a, a, a fellowship or a church or a ministry that they're a part of. There's a division, and then with that division, you know, you have this crisis with with people going different ways, and and some people are able to stay connected to God and and recover themselves, others aren't, and slowly they begin to get further and further and further away, mm-hmm. and some of them, I I I fear that they're irrecoverable. I don't know. Only God I, I, knows. Yeah, it would really take a divine intervention. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know if I've already shared. You, you'll help me on stuff like this because these things just mm-hmm. they they just keep coming. But years and years ago, I was at um, uh, I I was facing uh, my first uh, identity crisis. 
Now, here's the thing. You can't have an identity crisis in Christ. You can have an identity crisis in the things of Christ, in the gifts of Christ, in the anointing or in the power and all. It depends on where you identify. Mm -hmm. But I was at uh, Herb Ezel's fellowship in Wilmington, California. He was an apostle way before anybody ever knew that they were even happening. 1970s? Yeah, nineteen seventy before anybody would yes. even suspect that, that and he, was possible. And, and he knew he was. See that's wow, the, and that's he taught amazing. that he was and he really? taught he taught the apostleship. He taught that while wow. I was there. Wow. The, in fact, one of the favorite teachings <laughs> that you like, I, I took mm-hmm. Crystal back there. Now we're talking mm-hmm. about 40, 45 years later, something mm-hmm. like that. I wanted to go go back and of course he's he's passed on. His son's got the fellowship and and <clears throat> Uh, when I get there, I went and I said, Chris, I'm going to go look at his library. Now, he has this whole series called Concerning the Monticos. <laughs> that's great. I did not know that. That's great. Yeah, that's where I got it. Mm-hmm. And I This said, is where you were trained. Yeah, that's where I was trained mm-hmm. uh, for years there with him. And he wasn't denominational. So he didn't have this bias slant, mm-hmm. and he was—he was truly an apostle of Jesus Christ that brought the kingdom of God. Wow. That was my first wow. seed. Wow! And that seed's still in me. Well, what happened? I sat there and looked at that series called "Said Concerning the Monster." I started crying. Mm. I had no idea mm. of the law of its own kind, mm. the impartation right. of yeah. its own kind. Wow! And I started looking around there, and I said, "Well, I've got nothing original." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. See, nobody. Does. It all comes mm-hmm. from the Bible. It is. That's yeah. the primary. Mm-hmm. So I'm there, and I don't know if I've shared this. So just bear with me, you guys that are, if you this is vital because this is a real, true reality. A lot of people have what I call a, a crisis. Christ, uh, their relationship is only to Him in a crisis. Period. And that's all they know of him is in the crisis, I'll go to him. And when there's no crisis, I'm, all, I'm doing fine. Thank mm. you. And it's a crisis crisis. But you're still in an identity crisis. And then there's another crisis that you do is in finding yourself, the problem of how to find yourself. And they got all these books out today on how to find yourself. And, and the more you try to find yourself, the more crisis you'll have. And I'll share that in a moment. But I was at this fellowship. And the word of faith came through. I'd never heard it. And the word of faith came through, and they taught. And there was uh, three or four primary teachers of it at that time in the 70s. And then came th- came forth uh, another uh, doctrinal teaching called Submission Discipleship. Mm-hmm. And he brought that in. And that was if Bob Mumford, Charles Simpson, Derek Prince, and a few others. Mm-hmm. And then there, with the word of faith was Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Savell, and a few others there. I don't know if Charles Capps was in on it at that time. But these are the two primary doctors that came through that fellowship at the same time. I'm gone. I'm gone for a couple of weeks <clears throat> holding um, a meeting in Arkansas. I'm just a baby in Christ, but I just, signs one of those miracles just happened to be just my daily bread. And uh, so I'm doing this miracle service, and uh, I come, I'm a baby in Christ. I shouldn't have been doing this, but, you know, I was full of zeal, still mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. But uh, I come back, and I didn't know the church had split, and it had split, and I'm in my little old duplex in California, Downey at the time, I get a knock on the door, and I go to the door, and there's uh, three or four guys on one side and three or four on another, and they're representing faith and uh, submission discipleship. Faith and confession versus uh, submission discipleship. And I didn't know it. And all these, and I knew these brothers. And so I went to open the door. The first thing he said, now, 
Who are you of? Which one are you of? And Joe, she scratched my witness to this day. I had no idea what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was a division. Mm -hmm. What I did, I endorsed both of those. I've mm -hmm. received them because they're biblical, mm -hmm. but I didn't at that time. I didn't know the extremes. I just mm -hmm. well, you know, there's faith toward God and and confessing the word of God, and there's submitting to to God and to His word, and there's becoming a disciple. I mean, how could mm -hmm. you? I mean, those are just biblical truths, right? Second baby bottle was faith toward God, so I was yep. willing to drink that without a problem. And to this day, I still love faith and confession. Mm -hmm. I live it. I still maintain that speaking the word of God, homologia, mm -hmm. the word confession, mm -hmm. homologia to speak the same as the word. Mm -hmm. So I, I haven't thrown any of that away. I just uh, didn't go after all the riches and the wealth of, uh, of uh, Ishmael's, Abraham's, right. Abraham's blessing. The prosperity the, gospel. Yeah, the prosperity gospel. Prophet's a prophet. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I didn't go, but anyway. Pro I, pro you said Prophets of Prophet. Prophets of Prophet. Yeah, two different spelled, you know, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, P-R-O-F-I-T. There's a lot of them out there. Oh, buddy, it's all, that, okay. uh, that's what's happened to mm -hmm. That's where Satan took them out is uh, took them to the pinnacle and showed them mm -hmm. the riches and the glory, and so I'll, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I said, I'm of neither. Even then, baby in Christ, the individual that uh, uh, I stood in awe of and overwhelmed me was a person, not a doctrine. That's why I didn't. Now, all of those have been led into an identity crisis mm. because you can't find it in dogma and doctrine and revelation and denominationalism and teachings. It's got to be found in the person. Mm -hmm. And once you find the person of Jesus Christ, you don't have an identity crisis. You don't ever have another one. And I, there's no need me. I do know I told you when I went through my seclusion at um, or my, my search for, I got had an identity crisis. I went to Caddo to do it. I don't have to tell it again, but right. he gave me that verse. And being found in him, I yeah. was delivered instantly. And I knew then that was a word of wisdom, not just, mm -hmm. just, not just information. It was be cautious. You start looking for yourself in you and trying to find yourself through philosophy and psychology, you're going to get more and more lost. And so when I found myself in him, then I went back to who he says I am. And then this is an interesting thing. Now, when you have an identity Christ, the second aspect, one of them is the, the, the Christ is Christ. The other one is your, the, the loss of your identity. What you lose is the revelation of the term I am. When you no longer know who you are in Christ, you lose the right to say, I am. Hmm. Then I will say, look, I'm a man, but I believe I'm a man. I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. How many times will you say, I am, I'm this, I'm that? Mm -hmm. And when you go into that eye, the ear, the ego of that terminology, then you're going to have an identity crisis because no man knows who he is outside of Christ. Hmm. Nobody does. You're, it's a funny thing. It's like uh, uh, Ford or Chevy. And they're trying to tell uh, somebody on the street what they are. And all they got to do is go back to their creator. It's simple. Mm. And so this is why I believe there's so much of an identity crisis with women today. Because in any form of an identity crisis, it starts when you lose your point of identity of your origin. The word origin is, is the dynamics here. Once you know your origin, you, you won't be struggling with an identity crisis. And here's where the origin is. And it's so simple, but, I, but it's not that simple for people. You and I were created in the image and likeness of God. That's my origin. That mm -hmm. We came out of God. Woman came out of man. Her origin of identity is in the male, not in God. 
And I tell you, I've been taken to the task on that by many a charismatic uh, prophetess, uh, you know, <laughs> yep. women. And uh, but I but it's biblical. And the reason these women now are loud and boisterous and commanding and demanding and governmental and disrespectful and have no uh, and want equality, uh, all of that is based upon an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. Mm. They've been lost. And for them to be found, they're going to have to get back found in Christ. Mm. And to get found in Christ, in the beginning was the Word, where the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That means they're going to have to get back in the Word. Right. And when they do, they're going to find out. And man is no different. Man, was when he gets lost, is because he knows. Look at Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve's first identity crisis is they lost their identity to God. And when you lose your identity to God, you're going to have a crisis the rest of your life because Christ revealed. This is what's beautiful about this. God revealed to, to Moses, and he revealed to I am. Now, that's how he revealed. Now, who are you? Well, I tell you who I am. And I can say now I am mm-hmm. a son of God. Mm-hmm. Now that that identifies me to my father. But if I say I am a believer in God, then it identifies me to a God. Mm. But if I say I'm a son of God, it I identify myself as a son to a father. Mm-hmm. And there's a world of difference, merest most difference between God and father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, Father, and he talked about in John 17 that revealed himself as a father. And then we can cry, Abba, Father. Revealing himself to you and I as a father, I will be a father unto you, and you mm-hmm. will be my sons and my daughters. Old Testament said, you, I'll be God. I'll be your God. But that's the privilege that all religion has an identity crisis mm-hmm. because they're linked to the identity of God of some kind. It don't matter if it's a cow in India mm-hmm. or if it's Jesus Christ in it's America, a it's a God. Mm-hmm. And that God is always angry, upset, <clears throat> frustrated with humans. You have to sacrifice all the time to him right. to get his pleasure. And right. you've got to do, you got to do, do, Peace. do something. Peace. You can't be, you've got to do. Right. And in every identity crisis is because you're trying to find something you have to do to get identified in Christ. It's just something you have to be. Hmm. And once you be, you don't have to do. Hmm. That's the problem with identity crisis. And I finally got delivered of all that. I now, I don't care about all my six tape series. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I'm now, in, uh, I'm still thankful for the man. There was a time, um, it was prior to the Caddo experience that you had. Um, I remember in 1988, there was a, there was a meeting and it was uh, the Watchers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to remember the title of the meeting um the decree of the watchers the decree of the watchers yeah <clears throat> daniel this Ford. this yes the revelation uh came out of daniel and it was uh, nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. and the tree do you remember that whole scenario and i thought it was very uh, interesting time and what was presented but it seems like and i don't know if you even want to go into this but it's, it seemed like uh towards the end of the 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 camp meeting it shifted it's like uh th- there was an uh uh uh, uh 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 an evidence okay god you're talking to me yeah and it was very sobering because uh it came out of nowhere i mean the, the message was tough it was like oh my gosh you know this is just you know god wanted to make sure that we know who he is mm-hmm. and that he is he's lord of all and so 
there, during that time, uh, you had an awareness that this whole message that you've given me to present to this, this um, um, audience who are attending here, this whole message that I've been preparing, it's like for me. That's exactly right. And so you, you kind of uh, shut down the meeting at that point and pretty much it was over. And mm -hmm. so you had to go into a, a, a time where he was speaking to you and he was doing a work in your life. Um, what was going on at that time? What, what, what did he take you through? Well, the problem, remember? oh yeah, very distinctly remember. Yeah. It was a very difficult time. It was time. tough, yeah. 18 months of mm. uh, one of the, the most difficult time I've ever had in my life. But it goes back now, uh, I thought it was an angry God, mm. see, and, I, and that I was a very disappointing believer. Now, mm. this is when I didn't have this whole fatherhood, sonship principle down. Not that I have it down now, but it's a whole lot more clear. That's how the clarity came out of this moment. That's a very typical perspective of religion with God. When God revealed that, mm -hmm. and that scripture came on, cut, cut it down, uh, the decree of the watchmen's the, the, uh, and the, uh, the word of the holy ones comes, and we're going to cut you down, and we're going to break the branches off, we're going to scatter the leaves, and the fruit's going to disappear. See, and, that, that message was like, it, I remember, and I thought, okay, all these ministers are here, and it's a time of humility, a yeah. time of... You know, everybody's building their ministry. Everybody's building their kingdom. Everybody's wanting to have the, you know, the five thousand people in yep. their congregation, having their their outreach, wanting to be on television. All that stuff's going on. So it made sense to me. But then when it shifted, I thought, dang, that is a surprise. That was a surprise to me. And and in that moment. Uh, you reacted really quickly to it instead of just writing out the meeting and then going and secluding yourself and figuring out what's going on. You just decided to move on it right there on the spot. Yeah, I think I, I believe it was for me, still do. Mm -hmm. But now I go back to what I've learned on kingdom invasion. Kingdom invasion is a preservation. Anytime God divinely intervenes into your life, mm -hmm. detours you, mm. a angry God is to destroy you. You're a fool. You're, you're a fail. I don't need you. You're going to sit on the bench and no need to go out for football next year because we're not even going to use you. <laughs> That's pretty much religion. All religions mm -hmm. teach that. Mm -hmm. uh, Baptist, Lutheran, Methodist, all of them. They teach this about God that you can offend him. First of all, God cannot be offended. But you can offend him and you can make him mad and angry and hellfire is waiting for you because you're just born a failure, you're going to die a failure. You'll live your whole life suppressed with that mentality and, and going to church religion. But when you come into Christ and he gives you that gift of righteousness and he makes you the righteousness which of God, and you get your mind renewed to the fact that it is a gift, mm -hmm. not what I do. I can't make myself righteous. But did you make me righteous? You did make me righteous. Then I'm righteous. You are, Randy. Mm -hmm. Well, the kingdom invasion, I've had a number of those. Every believer will. And is it is it... Um is it a disciplinary thing, or is it uh, he's trying to shift you or take you to another um, another purpose? He's keeping you from failing. Oh. You are about to fail, oh. and it's going to keep you from—Christ is a Savior. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when kingdom invasion comes to you, this mm. king comes to save you. Mm -hmm. And now he doesn't mind ruling you, mm -hmm. but he's also a Savior. Mm -hmm. And he, he'll invade to, to preserve you from 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Job, well, the scripture that came out of all this was Job says <clears throat> that thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for it. But if he had not in, invaded during that meeting, mm-hmm. I would have come on being bigger mm-hmm. and bigger and bigger, and the next thing you know, I'm like some of these brothers now I look at that just, there's no way they can get out. Mm-hmm. They're in Babylonian captivity. Mm-hmm. They can't get out of that ministry. They can't get out of that money coming in. They can't get out of that fame. They can't get out of that glory. They can't park that uh, uh, airplane, uh, mm-hmm. and they can't. Mm-hmm. They are in captivity, mm-hmm. and that's their identity crisis, but they don't know that. But see, they're identified to their gift, not to the person. So he came and invaded that very moment, and then it preserved my spirit. It didn't preserve my soul. It (laughs) grieved my soul, (laughs) but it preserved my spirit. And he took me out of the ministry and groomed me to become a son. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I started teaching sons versus ministers, church versus kingdom. All of that was became the verses, Mm -hmm. and uh, Babylon versus Zion. Mm -hmm. I started, it was all all clear to me. What happened in that 18 months, I became a Marismos man. It was my moment, my Marismos moment. I became a separated, distinguished man. Distinguishable, I'm not sure how distinguishable it was. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a clarity of now I realize here's this this is why I believe that there is no Christian ever, ever, anywhere will ever be successful with their relationship to Jesus Christ if they do not understand a certain amount of the Marist most teaching. Here's the reason. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, mm-hmm. rightly dividing there the word is. of truth. If you can't take Christ, which is truth, and divide him, mm-hmm. separate him for clarity, distinction, then you're not going to understand what he's doing. That invasion is destruction. That invasion is preservation. Which is it? Well, it depends on how you see God. Mm-hmm. And is that... Visitation is a rejection of Randy Shankle. You, you, could, you could take it that way. Right? I did. Okay. That's where I was at. I did. All I was involved in a religion of my own. Didn't know wow. it. Christ became a religion. So he basically <clears throat> he he opened your eyes to see yeah see what was going on, and saved you, but um, he delivers you out of it so he can save you. You can't be delivered out of it in it. Mm. That's why the body of Christ doesn't realize, well, he will shut something down. I'll close that door and no man will open. I'm going to close it today, Randy. You'll never go back to that. I never went back to that. Mm-hmm. 18 months later, now I didn't do anything for 18 months. No ministry at all. Very depressed. You had been in ministry for probably at that point at least 20 years. Yeah. And so <clears throat> so you walked away. Because I remember the moment. Uh, it was the heat of the, heat of the uh, it was going to be a week-long yeah. seminar. yeah. Or camp meeting, and um, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was into it. It was probably th- third or fourth day. Yeah, yeah. And it just ended. And it did. Mm-hmm. And that whole teaching is, by the way, is a part of the teaching I do on kingdom invasion. Mm-hmm. And what Christ does is what uh, he told the prophet uh, Jeremiah. He had an identity crisis. 
And what he did was he got confused on what God had told him to do, and he starts complaining with God and con- telling God that he you you've been you've been ill to me, you've been you've been a deceiver to me. And God tells him, Jeremiah, you'll never again be my mouthpiece until you can separate the precious from the vile. So at that point began Jeremiah's revelation of the marismos, if you would, a beginning of separating the precious from the vile. Now what we do in religion is we try to separate the vile from the precious. And that's that's the problem. We spend, even in marriages, you spend more time with the vile of your mate than you do with the precious. That's why you wind up divorced. What is the precious about that individual? What is the precious about Christ? It's so, it's Christ in them. That's the precious, right? That's, it, it, it's, Paul said that. Paul okay. said, uh, unto them that believe he is precious. So that principle <clears throat> is separate the precious from the vile. Right. And there was an emphasis, I remember, it's not separating the vile from the precious. No, it is not. Okay. That's the problem. Okay. We separate the vile from the precious too often. And I'm sitting here looking at all of, all of Joe's problems, and we get they get more more and more problem aware of. Right. And I don't see your precious anymore. Uh, you have no value or premium. Uh, we do that in marriages. We do that with churches. We do that with fellowship. We do that with dogs. We, we do the, everything. We do it with God. We do it with God. <clears throat> That's what Jeremiah was saying. Jeremiah said, "You have de- you have bece- uh, uh, you have uh, deceived me." Mm. And then he said, "You've lied to me." He indicted God. <clears throat> oh, did he? Jeremiah ever, did. Ever. And then God said, "No, no." You will never be my mouthpiece again until you separate the precious from the vile. Now, that word was a rhema to me in that Mm -hmm. 18 months. Mm -hmm. I will never bring you back into this until you separate the precious from the vile. Mm. Now, here's what I was doing. You're using me, Randy, all of my gifts, all of my anointing, all all that I've given you, revelation, all of that I've given you, you're using it to build your kingdom, to build your ministry, to build your world. It could be said... Up on this rock, I'm going to build Randy's ministry. <laughs> and that's what happened in the 70s and the 80s. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. They started building their ministries using Jesus Christ, his talents, skill, ability, and gifts and anointing. Right. He got me back to building the kingdom. When I came back, I wasn't interested in church. I wasn't interested in church entity. I wasn't interested in religion. I was kingdom focused. So um, <clears throat> at that time, the, the, the fellowship was already... Um, established and there was eldership there uh there was um a whole organization going yeah and so you pretty much just walked away and you left the fellowship and if i remember right you didn't come back for a long time oh long long time um how how did that sit with everybody uh, just you know, you know, there was other elders there. I guess they just stepped it up and yeah, covered. And... Th- that's the beauty of eldership. Okay, when you have elders, and each one has their own identity that's not found in idolatry. Yeah. This is another one of the identity crisis we have in America in religion, is we have an identity crisis called idolatry. Mm-hmm. That idolatry is what if you have elders like we do, and we still do in the church in Marshall, I could walk away now and it wouldn't affect it at all. It didn't then, it won't now. Because these men are, they found themselves in Christ and they're doing what Christ told them to do. It would be, uh, as we do in all things, you might uh, suffer the loss of a friend, the fellowship or the entity, the personality, but you don't lose Christ. And it was to my salvation. He, He preserved my spirit man and brought me back now, like I said, now it was 18 months. I was gone for 18 months, 
And uh, it was a miserable, depressing, dark 18 months mm-hmm. because I felt I, my first, uh, I'd say, many, many months was my uh, my uh, paradigm of God. Mm. The filtering system is I have failed. Mm. I have failed him. I'm of no value or premium. I have failed him. And I couldn't come out of that. I couldn't get up. And that brought me into a real dark place of depression. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't mind telling a little bit of the story that's, I look back on now and said, man, you were in a bad state, Randy, but we have a barn, it's a geodesic barn, and it had uh, a little profit chamber up front, up on top. That's where I spent a lot of time praying and stuff like that. And uh, I walked out of the fellowship, and then I got so depressed, I went to the barn, to that profit chamber, and I didn't come out for months. And uh, my children would walk down the sidewalk with a with a plate. It was so sad. And bring me food, and I I wouldn't even open the door when they crossed, went up the stairs to second story of the barn. The door was locked all the time, and uh, they'd set the plate down at the door, and then walk back. When I'd see them walk back down the sidewalk, I'd go get the food, and this went on for weeks and weeks mm. and weeks and weeks. I was so depressed, I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't focus, and I couldn't think. And uh, uh, that time, Gloria, before she had passed on, I was married to a woman named Gloria Lee, and uh, she went to the elders, and she said, "This something's got to end here. Because at night, when all the, when my wife would go to bed and the kids, I'd go in the house, we had a little washroom, and it had a shower and, and toilet and stuff, and I'd take a shower and... I'd go right back to the barn, and Joe, it was, uh, I could not, I could not regain my sanity. Mm-hmm. I actually believe I'm as close to, if it wasn't, mm-hmm. a nervous breakdown. I oh, could, wow. okay. I could not think. And and in that, in that situation, because uh, a lot of people, they go through these, and it's never really discussed. I think what happens is, and so I'm curious because uh, you're a word man, and you have to navigate through this. And I'm curious, uh, is there any advice for somebody who's going through something similar? Ministers could be going through the same similar thing, empty. And there's a lot of people who are depending on them, looking at them. Even even they could be involved in idolatry. Yeah. And so they're they're fixing to, or possibly in the middle of an identity crisis, and that depression's right at the door. What? What? How would you? Uh, I'm telling you, I've ministered with a lot of men that were depressed, mm. and uh, they didn't know what to do about. It. They just felt like now. See, the difference with me and a lot of them is, uh, I I knew I just couldn't keep going on and doing the same thing mm-hmm. wrong. Was it guilt? Yeah, uh, of course. Here's the thing. Think about this very term. Here's the satanic. You have failed God. Mm. God. Mm. I mean, how do you redeem yourself? There's no redemption there. Mm. Uh, Religion won't let you do that. You have failed God. You deserve hell. You deserve rejection. You don't deserve to be back in the ministry. Mm. And uh, I went through all that. All that. And and what happens when you have... uh, this type of identity. See, I couldn't link to, I couldn't identify to God other than my image and likeness of God. My image and likeness of God was come, has come from my cultural past of mom and dads, and you can't, you can't, you, God had to filter that out. That's my salvation. He wanted to filter out, I'm not your mom and dad, mm-hmm. and you have me identified like them. Mm-hmm. And what we do with this whole, whole realm of identity crisis that 
which I got into at that time. Now, here's the sadness to it. When you go into an identity crisis, it is a satanic moment. It's, it's a lie. It's not God rejecting. It's God preserving. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, have, I didn't know that then. So now, as you say, if there are men out there, yes, this is an act of God to preserve you. Mm. You have no future without this, without this intervention. You don't. Wow. And what happens is when you have an identity crisis of that order and you believe you have failed God and you're, you, you've done it wrong and he's unhappy with you and he's, he's displeased with you, you lose your value and premium. And when you lose this value and premium, then you go into a terrible depression and then you're worthless. Now, once you're worthless, the next thing you have is suicide or how do I get out of this? Pills, drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, mm-hmm. something that something I could to numb it. Numb it because you can't get out of it. Yeah. You know you can't get out of it. And I couldn't get out of it. And it became terribly dark and it also became very demonic. Mm. And that's what Satan wants is you to believe what he just told you. And he's the one who's given you the, his heart of what he believes about God and wanting you to believe what he believes. Is this something to do with, you've, you've taught about an alien bishop? Yeah, it has to do with that. He will come and tell you exactly. But see, he believes God is a tyrant okay, and that you can't please God mm. and that he is unhappy with everybody and there's nobody can can ever uh, live up to his expectations. So why serve him anyway? Serve yourself. Now that's that's the Luciferic initiative, I call it. That's, his, that's the light that he walks in. And he gets you believing this about God, and then all of a sudden you won't have any hope. Hmm. There's right. no way God's going to receive you back. There's no hope. Yeah, with, with that thought, there is no. There hope. is no hope, and that's where he had me. And so now, Gloria starts seeing me go deeper and deeper into this dark hole. It's she a perceived it. She perceived it. She's, oh. she's a wise. She was a wise woman. Very wise woman. She knew that this thing was demonic, but I wouldn't listen to anybody mm. because I deserved this punishment because mm. I failed him. Mm-hmm. See, this is a, this is a self-imposed uh, deserve. Uh, uh, deser- you deserve this. Mm-hmm. You have screwed up royally. You took Christ and usurped him. You're using his gifts and making money and trying to be famous over it. You deserve to go to hell. You shouldn't have any hope at all, Randy. He's finished with you. And that was the whole, I went over, see, this thing is repeated a hundred times a day. Mm. He just continues, Satan continues to program you during this darkness. You're in darkness. Mm. And so she goes to the elders and she tells the elders, my husband is dying on the vine. He's in a dark place and can't get out. And uh, and next thing I know, I hear this knock on the door. Four or five guys come up to the to the barn and knock on the door. Was this like MB, <clears throat> JC, those guys? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. And also uh, Jeff was okay. part of that. Okay. Them guys, and they all come up and then knock on the door. And. Uh, so I'm not opening the door. I didn't ask for you guys to come out. I don't want. Wow. I don't want to see any of y'all, and I didn't. And these are my brothers. That I used to as as, as uh, Psalms. I went to the house of the Lord together. Mm-hmm. We were in fellowship, and uh, I didn't want to see them because I I deserve being where I'm at. I'm going to stay here until I am fully punished. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's not what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if you've sinned, you confess it's over within 30, 30 minutes of a second. And 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 you knew that that that's what's so interesting. I don't then. Oh, see the thing is, you don't know that. Then. Oh, I got you. Okay. Here's the funny thing about this: uh, you lose the concept of truth and light because you wow. believe something, and when you believe something, 
And if I would say to you and you got convinced, Joe, you deserve failing in life. You mm-hmm. deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I can then tell you the reason and you actually see it and believe it, you're doomed. Mm. I mean, it's over with. And so mm-hmm. it's vital what you believe. Mm-hmm. And I was so uh, groomed by the word, I can't believe I couldn't believe the word. But I saw God uh, uh, differently. And my problem was I did see God as someone who punishes, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't correct. He punishes. I, uh, as parents, we punish the children. We don't correct their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do it for our benefit. So I saw him, I saw him as I saw uh, human parents, mm-hmm. uh, fathers. And uh, so the good news, he knocked on the door and he said, now one of the brothers said, Randy, you need to open this door. And I said, no, I'm not opening the door. I didn't ask you guys to come out here. And this, this brother, <laughs> he said, well, here's the deal. You either open the door or I'm going to knock it down. And he, he was serious. He was serious. And I said, you're not going to knock this door down? He said, oh, I most certainly will. And uh, I got up and I walked to the door. I opened it. They came in. Hmm. When they came in, they brought the light with them. Wow. It's the first light that I'd had in many months. Just by them coming in, they brought the person of Christ. Mm. And I just started bawling. Mm-hmm. I fell to my knees. Then I just laid out uncontrollable bawling mm. and uh, lost my composure, didn't care. And by the time I got through, I could see again. But see, here's the thing. God said to me and Daniel, I'm going to cut you down. Mm-hmm. You're going to roam around in the, and eat grass, and your fingernails going to look like uh, eagles, yeah. talons, <laughs> until you re- realize mm. who rules in the kingdoms of men. And from that day to now, I know who rules in the mm. kingdoms of men, and it isn't me. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was already being puffed up. My ego, I'm over all these elders. These are my elders, my church. This is my ministry. I hear all these uh, uh, terms that I hear now on ownership rather than stewardship. We don't own nothing. We're stewards of everything. But they believe that. I believed it. And I was on my road uh, to great fame and success. I was was actually uh, traveling the pinnacle. I was already climbing it. didn't know it, see. I looked back on it and said, man, you saved my life. She said, I did, son. yeah. Uh, at, I know that at that time, uh, being on Trinity Broadcasting, uh, a, a very high uh, popularity program. Uh, I mean, it very. was it was extremely popular, and uh, and so there was there was this this course that was set in motion that would have propelled you into one of those uh, high profile ministries that you see today. You know that that have to have. Everything. And like you said, they're in bondage. They can't get out. They can't get out. The expense is way too high. It is. Walk away. All of these programs are uh, that's available. I'm not saying they do this. I'm saying this is what ministers see. If I can get on that program, this will catapult me into my success and fame. This will give me recognition. Absolutely it does. Yeah. And lots of them continue that traveling that road. I would have right. if I didn't have the revelation of the word that you're going to come and cut this down. You're going to cut this. And, but the beauty is I'm going to leave the stump. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've grown again. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. grown again from a stump. 
but uh, it's been humble. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kept me humble all my life now since that moment. The best thing that ever happened to me, Joe, mm. was my father correcting me, not a God rejecting me. Mm. I had to learn rejection or correction, which is this. It's only correction. Mm -hmm. And I, I got corrected. And I haven't had an identity crisis since. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't want any more. <laughs> that dark place, boy. Yeah. That's something I never knew even existed. It brings, you know, there's help there. There's, there's yeah. demonic help. And, and the soul is easily inclined to go that way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some, for some people, you know, they're, they're, that are emotional, it, it, it will completely draw them in and, and capture them. Well, see, I was, I, I believe that I was programmed from a child that he brought me out of, rejected, mm -hmm. unwanted, mm -hmm. not loved. Mm -hmm. And I grew up believing that God's the same way that, well, if I screw up, he's going to reject me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't mm -hmm. want me. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up believing all that was always back in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe he had to purify that and get mm -hmm. that out. He sanctified it. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful he separated me from all that uh, mm -hmm. vile. And I don't see my father like that anymore. I see him, son, I love you, and I, I'll do whatever I can to save you. And I'm thankful for that. I'll intervene into your life any given time. So thank you. I appreciate that. So well, the joy. Yeah. I was, I'm glad you shared that because I, I've, I, uh, I was curious. Yeah. I was curious, you know, what happened during that time period. I had moved away at that point. Um, but later on, I heard a little bit about what went on, but I never did hear it, you know, directly. Right. Well, when I went back, uh, this is another thing. It was not a pleasant return uh, for some of the elders. Oh, wow. And uh, they, they, did, li they liked what they had. Okay, so, so they had an opportunity to jump into a position? That's what they did. Oh, okay. Just one guy. Okay. One guy never quite got sonship. He's still trying to build his ministry there. Mm -hmm. And as long as he was there, I was constantly warring with him mm -hmm. with this concept. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I came back more of a groomed son than I ever would be a minister again. Mm -hmm. I don't see myself anymore as a minister. I mm -hmm. see myself as a son. Mm -hmm. and, if I, and on the teachings I do, son versus minister, there's a world of difference in the psychology, the mentality, the paradigms of those two different men. We'll have to do a separate yeah, that because that's that. an incredible. Okay. See, this to me right now, America reading it's failing with its uh, 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 with Christ. Mm -hmm. Is Christ become church oriented, building churches and building ministries, and building religion, if I should say, mm -hmm. and because of that, we're not really reproducing sons. Mm -hmm. And what's happening, every minister is independently building his own kingdom, mm -hmm. and they're not building the kingdom of God. They're not mm -hmm. building Christ's kingdom. They're building their own. Now, that, in a, in a nutshell, is exactly what I was doing mm -hmm. during that meeting. I was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, and more and more people were coming, and uh, more and more coming in, more and more ministers, more and more. Uh, and they're all wanting me to uh, apostolically cover them and be the right. king. And I was, uh, I could see it and started to like the taste of it mm. and thank God for divine intervention. But, yeah, it saved me. But you're right. These other guys out there, they go through this, and uh, they're not honest with themselves. They're just not honest. That's why they're going to stay in that until they humble themselves and realize this is for your correction. This is not for your rejection. Mm -hmm. This, Your daddy ain't mad at you. Your God might be, but your father's not. <laughs> And that's the difference. That's the difference. And that's the difference of what we're doing. And we're going to um, um, shift gears in a minute. But um, that's what we're doing. We're not. We're not doing this to try to become popular. 
No, not uh, at all. Really, we're we're doing this, and uh, what I, I I really am I've set out to do is to ask questions that'll help help individuals uh, to improve their lives and uh, to become men that can walk uh, after the spirit and, instead of just to the best of your ability. Yeah, you know, because there's all this self help <clears throat> and, and self help stuff is all in, in in church, and. And how to be a better speaker is a big deal. How to have more charisma, how to have a bigger fellowship. You have to have all these capabilities, gifts. And so. Well, Joe, first of all, uh, bigger and bigger. This is, this is the drive. Mm-hmm. Once you get caught up into that realm of your ministry, mm-hmm. you'll spend a lifetime building and you're totally drained trying to get right. bigger, bigger, next, the next big thing, the next big thing, the next, what type of meme will we have? What are we going to have in May? What's the type of meme right. we're going to have in May? <laughs> and you're obsessed with doing something greater, bigger all the time. Mm-hmm. And this coming May meme with the mystery of marriage, we're going to present Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's always simple with me. Mm-hmm. We're just going to present Jesus <laughs> Christ again. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. So it's precious when you finally get delivered of all that drive. Right. And right. I, I love what Derek Prince said years ago. He said, you can tell what spirit you're under. Uh, demons drive and Holy Spirit leads. Mm-hmm. And when you are driven... Mm-hmm. And I mean, con- and I was constantly driven for fame, for success. I'm going to do this. We're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You're driven, <clears throat> and finally, you will burn out. And if you don't know how Christ will intervene and won't accept His intervention, you will never recover. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, let's let's let's. Um, we're going to change subjects, <clears throat> but we're going to take a break first. Good. I need a break. Okay. 